Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. is episode 299 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode, I chat to James Roberts of Nebula Design about their top-down scrolling shooter, Iridium. Definitely a homage to the classic C64 and Spectrum game, Iridium. And one of my favourites, actually. I still play it to this day. And uh, so to see it sort of replicated again, in a way, kind of, but in a, with a very different take, a modern take, with Iridium. It's quite a joy. So I had to have James on. And uh, yeah, here's the result of the show. So without me blathering anymore, let's listen to me from about six or seven weeks ago. Chris, if you don't mind. James! Hello. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a father of three. Uh... I do VR training systems primarily for a living. Mm. Played games ever since I was a little little child and loved them all. So I don't know. things in general. And you also make video games. A video game. Well, you do make this video game, which we're here to yeah. chat about, which is Iridium. Oh yeah, my mm. my my first game to actually get released, which is ironic considering I actually worked in the games industry. <laughs> That's interesting. That's a story we're about to divulge now because I'm about to ask you the question, how did you make us start making video games? Uh, it's all stemmed from having a Spectrum and seeing the game that I wanted and I couldn't get it. So it's like, well, how'd you do that then? But at the time, I was totally unaware of the complexities of things and print statements only got you so far in them days. Well, they did. <laughs> they did. And flash and paper, ink, border, yeah. all of those get you so far. And then you realise that maybe maybe I should delve into data statements. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, then, I did do that a little bit, and I managed to find my own character set, but but that was about it. On the well, it's just, it's just the, the fine art of collision detection. 
They oh, never yeah. t- they never teach you that. They teach you no. all the stuff, and then they dance around the concept of collision detection. And you go, how do you do that then? Oh, what's um, what's that big owl? What? Just look, you can draw that. <laughs> but we can draw a big circle. Yeah, but how do I sort of make it so when I hit that circle? Please stop talking about collision detection. You're really annoying me. <laughs> but I've just found that it's just this lost, it's this mystical art that they don't want to talk to you about. Anyway, carry oh, on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about Spectrum and a 64, which was an awful basic, but I still, like I say, I never really got into assembly massively. But then... Uh, no. I figured out I wanted to do in computers at that point. I then went to college to do computers and Unity computers. And uh, Elite Systems came around on their graduate recruitment at the end of uni. Right. So we knew they were coming. So me and that forum of friends all got ready and got bits and pieces coded up and ready and went to show them the relevant things, which did involve me putting my Amiga 4000 in a suitcase and casting it all the way on a train to the uni just to demo uh, what was it? a 3D cube and a 2D shooter on my Amiga. But the 3D cube got me the job. So that was all good. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I had a, a 4,000 as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually had, I had quite a history of Amigas. I had five, like two 500s, a 1,200, which at the time it was like when they just come out and there was nothing for them. So I wasn't too impressed because it was like, well, none of my games really work anymore and nothing runs any quicker. Oh yeah, you had to get degraded. Yeah, I mean, I have two twelve hundreds. One's in a tower, and one's in a regular case. The one in the tower is not really an Amiga anymore. I don't think. I mean, if it's running Quake at thirty frames per second, that's not an Amiga anymore, is it? Really? No, it's not. Is it? It's not. Quake. Quake's a PC game. (laughs) It is. I shouldn't. (laughs) I mean, it's a lovely tower, and I've looked after it. I've recapped it recently, but it's like, that's mate. It's got an O four O chipping it yeah mm. running at 40 hertz yeah that's not <laughs> that's not an amiga yeah but it is and then i've got a degrader in it as well so it can run older games i mean a really yes. good degrader but it's such a pain in the bum to actually trigger yeah, it yeah. because you're like you, yeah it's just the, the hurdles you've got to jump like i've got to be really rubbish now do you want me to make rubbish now? <laughs> you do it as i can run i can run doom at a reasonable frame rate i know <laughs> but so yeah but um, I'm assuming you've lost that 4,000 now because the battery no I've, I've actually it. got two I've got my original one and another one I acquired off a friend did the battery explode uh, it did leak but I got because I'm nice. a member on Amibay I should why I joined Amibay originally actually I got someone to fix up my motherboard for me so it's got all the tracks fixed the battery replaced with a coin cell and some metal clip sim sockets rather than the plastic ones that were in it yeah, I, I've, I've had then to... added extras as well. So I've added an 040, the official card mine. I couldn't get a warp engine or anything, though it's far too expensive. Mm. And I've got a micro ATX power supply rather than the original, yeah. which I managed to yeah. get wired in, as well as a compact flash, because then you have WHD loading, yeah. which is even easier. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one of those sticking out the back of my 1200, the other regular case one. Yeah. And uh, that's lovely. Just like you can pop it out and put another one in, and it's just, it's just so good. And yeah, just, you know, if I, if, you said that, if I sent that back to myself 20, or 20 years ago, I'd give myself a slap. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> well, you do the same, rather than the silly sort of mechanical thing inside your machine going, whir, whir, doesn't make any sense. Look, no. look at this thing, you know. So yeah, solid state. It's amazing what the, the the hoops we would jump through to still use this old hardware. You and I know you can oh, emulate yeah. it perfectly fine, and it's wonderful. But it's just not quite the same. <laughs> mm. oh, I, I did get something recently which makes him. It's not 
kind of emulation, but it's not. It's that grey area in between because mm. it's an FPGA mister. So mister, yes. The actual chip on the FPGA, so that's that's as close to the real thing as you can get without having the real thing. Indeed. It's in, almost cycle exact on a lot of the cores anyway. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. I've not had much chance to play with the X to finish off Iridium. <laughs> Indeed, I want to get one as well, but uh, that's a separate sort of discussion. But it's a wonderful that you sort of like developed this stuff. You you de- demoed a cube of which is no mean feat actually. Everyone at that time you put just a cube. Well, yeah, I mean now you've got high level stuff of Unity, but this is low level coding stuff. This is actually oh, yeah. quite challenging. I, I watched uh, Open University. A video but like one in the morning when i was a teenager with some bloke with a kipper tie on it explaining how he did 3d projection because <laughs> i had no idea at the time but turns out it was quite simple it's just similar triangles which is a math concept i did at jesus gcse i think so yeah applying uh, it extremely powerful <laughs> yeah it's a very very powerful math- mathematical tool yet one of the simplest mm. the most rudimentary it's weird it's like well yeah it's it's just proportions, is it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, as soon as I found that, it's like, oh, okay. As, as for hidden line removal, that was an altogether mind-bending experience. But <laughs> and then, so you moved on from there. You managed to get a job in the industry for for a, a, a quite a while, by the sounds of things, and continued, or did you move on to other industries? Or? Um, I went from I had two game two jobs in the proper games industry, which was Elite and NMS. And then from there, I got a bit of disillusion because it was all we, NMS. We'd literally got a gold disc of a game to go out, and then the company folded, so it never happened, which is really, really disappointing. Oh dear. Okay. So that kind of got me a bit disillusioned. Then I went for a few interviews, had a couple offers, and it's like, oh. And then a free machine company called Mega offered me a job for almost twice the amount of money available. So I was like, all right, well. I'll go do that then. Yeah, go do that then. <laughs> yeah, so I, I ended up being a, a video research engineer at Mega, which which was fun. Yeah, there you go. Or at least it was until they got bought by Leisure Link and killed them off anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But clearly you still had a great interest in video games and the playing of them and the creation of them. Um, hence oh, yeah. the arrival of Iridium, which we're going to be talking about presently and obviously definitely influenced by a certain game from oh, yeah. the C64. Personally, I still prefer the C64 version, or I do... Uh, um, sort of tip my hat to the people who made the one on the Spectrum version, but it's not quite the same. Not being no, noticed it, here. No, it's, it's good. Yeah, but it's, it's, it isn't not, good. Not, not quite the same game. <laughs> it's not, not the same game. It's a good shooter, but it's not the same game. Yeah, it's um, much more slower when thinking about it, whereas the Iridium on the 64 is really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got to know that. <laughs> it's extraordinary, and it still stands up. It's like Jetpack. You know, it's just like that game won't die. It's just like people still keep on playing it and making it. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, there's 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 been two redos of it. There was a Jetpack DX and there's another Jetpack RX coming out of there. The DX one was particularly good. I Mm. I still play that one occasionally, to be honest. Yeah, and there's also the one on the Xbox 360 they did, which, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not great, but, you know. And then there's the replay collection which is you know it's really odd playing jetpack on one of the most powerful consoles ever made (laughs) um so our next question is what do you believe are your biggest influences as a creator of games uh games overall i don't know Mm. it's probably seeing the original arcade systems the original ones because yeah, so I've like, seen Outrun, for example, and Paperboy, right. and they were truly amazing at the time when they first appeared. 
Yes, Outrun is still one of my favourites, even though it's not that good a game. I said it, everyone. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> but you know, the... really good update to it. Yes, that yeah. was glorious. But the the original, as beautiful as it was, and the blue sky. That's the it was the blue skies, wasn't it? Yeah. It it's was like, a really, really pretty game. It's so like it's like everything's normally black and dark and brown, but no, this is full of joy. <laughs> yeah, and breeze so much so that the music was called it. You know, it's just full of yeah. you could feel the wind, even though there wasn't any. It was amazing, truly yeah. an amazing feature. And, and you know, look at all the tricks they pulled off to 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 give that perception of speed because it wasn't yeah, going well, anywhere. No, the particularly clever one. One of the really clever things was was they actually merged two of the road engines together to get the two lanes. You know, at the start, there's like the one you start in, there's another one to the side of you. Yes. That's actually two separate systems merged together, which was quite clever. I remember reading a documentary on it at one point. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 similar to what happened with um, Wipeout, and they did a lot of tricks there to oh, conv- yeah. inf- convince you that this is going 20 times faster than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, old, good old field of vision on 3D. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, are you just blowing the textures? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay, we are. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the game that sold me a PlayStation, that was. I went, really? went to the cars on an Amiga to play in white. <laughs> wow. Can't remember what sold. I was very much a PC head at the time. But mm. that's a wonderful thing to actually lean into is actually to say, you know what? I'm inspired by that. Core experience that just you know when you grab hold of those controllers and arcade sticks, what have you, is that feeling as you as your claw sort of wraps around it, something <laughs> happens. And sometimes it's not it's not always great. There's some bad ones, but generally the ones that survive, the ones that we still hold dear, they're the ones that that. And it's that feeling that you try to feed into. Am I right? No, yeah. Thinking that is just like you just actually said. You know, this is what I really enjoy. This is what I'm drawn into. Oh, yeah. And the... There were so many of them as well. The arcades were just so many good games at that point in time. Yeah. It's just, they're just not the same anymore. It's all just fruit machines and gambling. And yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's not, yeah, I just, it is what it is. But I think uh, Robotron is one of my favourites for that. Oh, yeah. That's Even one. though I'm bloody rubbish at it, I still love yeah, playing it. Yeah, <laughs> You know, I love my twin stick shooters, I really do. But honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, I played that at the last revival event, and I got to say, I did absolutely terrible at that. <laughs> no, it's just—it's so simple. But the risk reward is such a beautiful model. There, do yeah. I go for the the mother, or do I just shoot everything? Yeah, but she, yeah. Gives, she gives two hundred points. Yes, but I'm about to die. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, too late. You thought about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's just like. What a beautiful model of risk reward. If you want to know what it means, look at that game. And it's like 40 years old now, I think. I don't know. I think something like that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be around about that. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah, there it is. It's a wonderful thing to be drawn. And it's not, it comes as no surprise with uh, Iridium. It really doesn't. But before we get into that, we need to ask you another question. And this one. This one's a bit tricky. You've probably never been asked it. Most people haven't. <laughs> and it does take people by surprise. It's not offensive or rude. It's just a bit of an odd question. Probably mm-hmm. you haven't thought about it, but let's just do this. Here we go. What developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Uh, hmm. Can be just, anyone. Just, just Absolutely anyone. I know. 
I know you so, can do more than one if you like. I don't mind. I'll be yeah. charitable. It, it would would have been hands down Pete Molyneux up, up until his uh, demise of making certain dodgy games. Dodgy games and realizing that actually he doesn't. He's not. He's a bit rubbish. Turns out he's yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a you know a shyster. Bit of a chancer. Bit of yeah. A chancer, yeah. It's all mouth and no trousers. That's what the problem t- turns out. That's what he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He didn't actually do anything. He was everyone originally, else. Originally, yeah. I think he did. Like when it was the era of populists and things like that, he actually was a bit more hands-on. But as as it progressed, he seemed to get further and further away from it, and then just started believing all his own hype. It seems. Yeah, and believe his own. Yeah, and then. Uh, uh, as 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 inevitable happens, reality knocked on the door and said, uh, "Mr. Molyneux, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. I've been expecting you. Yes, I'm sure you have." <laughs> oh, My- oh, that's funny. So they got uh, Matthew Smith from the um, good old Manic Miner Jet Set Willie days. Yeah, yeah. I still play Manic Miner every now and again. Yeah, I still prefer that one to Jet Set Willie. So do I. It's a much it's better game. Up. I don't know. It's yeah. controversial to say it, but I think genuinely it's a better game. Yeah, um, and it's well, going to be like Graf Gold and Andrew Braybrook because of Paradroid and Iridium. And so two on. of my favourite <laughs> C64 games. People don't oh, yeah. understand Paradroid as much as Paradroid. they should. Awesome. But you got Absolutely it's extremely tactical. It's a very yeah. tactical game. It's like, should I go after 257? I mean, it's easy. <laughs> or 432? 432 is looking so good. <laughs> but I'm probably not going to survive him or her or that. But yeah. fourth, you know, two, three, seven. Oh, and it's like if you don't, it's just. I did stream it many, many, many moons ago, and uh, even then, when I was trying to explain to people, like, what is going on? Sorry, <laughs> you're the little yeah. robot taking over other robots. It's fine. Uh, and I did like the 16-bit update. That was good. It was. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Paradroid Nights. To be honest, yeah, it's it's very it was just a shame that it was limited by the ST development at the time, apparently. That's the platform I bought it for, actually, on the ST. Yeah, so, yeah so, my fault. apparently that was why it didn't scroll sideways. It scrolled up and down, but it didn't go sideways because of some technical limitation on the ST, and then the Amiga was basically just a port of the ST version, so it got what it got, unfortunately. That's what they always did back until they realised the ST yeah. was uh, was failing, and then, but that was that very small window of time when the ST died and the Amiga was in the ascendancy, then Doom appeared. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like the pixel killed off everything, unfortunately. Yeah, that was that, and uh, the rest is history, or not, as the case may be. So, um, that's that's a good clutch of developers there. You've pointed to so that's that's a there's a there's a good group of people that have mm. uh, helped and spearheaded and uh, made good things, uh, and oh, we yeah. now we thank them for it. So yes, good stuff. Apart from of course, Mr. Moyni, mm. well, no, he did Populous. Populous is good. And Syndicate Wars and Syndicate. Oh, yeah. That was really good. good. That was good. Tough game. Nothing nothing like lining up a whole line of people with a laser and getting them all in one shot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good game. I streamed that too as well. On my Amiga, I hasten to add. I could have done it on my PC, but I went for the Amiga version. Yeah. I recently got for the Spiritual Successor Satellite Rain, which I mean, need to spend some more time with. Oh, I don't know that. I'll have to investigate. Oh, yeah, should, should look that one up. It was, apparently, it was made by some of the original developers. Satellite Rain? Okay. Yes, yeah, Satellite try. Rain. You can pick it up for quite cheap off um, various, various places at the minute. Okay. Probably, I'll usually go for GOG first. <laughs> yeah. Because they usually got some really weird deals going on. And then you see, like, because I bought Privateer for 75p. Like, why not? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, speaking of buying and playing games, what are you playing right now, James? Uh, I just played Terrarian. Terrarian? Yeah. Wow, um, that's an old one. Um, I don't know, I've only really been playing Iridium's kid. I understand, I understand. But, I mean, do you have anything you're planning to play now you're sort of finishing off Iridium? Uh, what did I get? I've got that many games queued up to play, it's untrue. No, no, uh, I know. I did have Fallout 76. For all its faults, it's entertaining occasionally. Okay. Uh, and I, I got the keeper very cheap as though. If, if I bought it full price, I'd have been really annoyed. <laughs> yes, the rage was real. <laughs> and rightly so. Uh, yeah, Broforce, that's a, that's a really fun oh, that's, that's a, multiplayer game. That's, really that's, fun. Um, that's one of the funniest games I've played with uh, friends and a couch. <laughs> And I do remember one of the players said, "I'm sorry, I've I've reached maximum bro-pacity. I can't I can't do any more bros. It's just too many bro. <laughs> it's just too much bro." But yeah, <laughs> anything else? Uh, what else have I got? I've got far too many games. It's the problem. Yeah, I know I've got recently. <laughs> just having a quick look through my Steam game list. Yeah, you know, Planet. Coaster, there's one that we really mean to get back to, actually. I still haven't had a chance. Planet what? Uh, Planet Coaster is the sequel to basically Oh, Ron yes. Yes. That yeah, that's an extraordinary yeah. game. That that uh, keeps on giving for Frontier, doesn't it, really? Keeps on giving for him. Yeah. Well, there's another Elite Dangerous. I've, I've had that, That's a good game. They've actually done you? a lot of things to make it much more approachable. And you really don't need a, a HOTA system anymore. Uh, no. I mean, it's fine with an Xbox that. controller. It's fine. And you're right. I would recommend you get back into it. It's a good game. So it's, since I started, well, went, went off and did other things, they've added all the mining. And all. Yeah. I don't, I don't think even the Thargoids have turned up. They have. The Thargoids have turned up. <laughs> and, an, and it was discovered by an Xbox player, not a PC player. So. No, so that says a lot about the control system they got going, that they have, you know, it wasn't someone from the PC. And I was so happy about that. I said, yeah, it's it's a it's a console player. So, yeah. I mean, well, why not? So the, the main thing I really want to get back to, which I just remembered, is actually one called Phoenix Point. Oh, yes. With Julian Gollops, most Julian recent Gollops, one. yes. I, mean, I should have listed him as one of the people I was uh, liked, actually, because mm. Rebel Star and Laser Squad are like, I played them so much in the past, is not true? <laughs> yeah, they were the granddaddy of uh, squad-based, turn-based combat, and uh, we've got a lot to thank Julian for. Um, mm. So, yes, good shout. Good Actually, shout. I've, I've, I've half-written a turn-based strategy game multiple times on about three different systems and never quite got <laughs> No, because they you go, I haven't got this, have I? <laughs> I haven't got the magic. I haven't got something. There's something here that's not engaging. What you know? What what can I do to make this more mm. a thing? Uh, what you know? It, it was usually the resources that killed it. Like years ago, I'd, I'd get the framework written, and then it'd get to the point where you got to make some maps and some graphics. And it's like I don't. <laughs> and then of course he'd do me about one page which wasn't enough to use and then he'd get bored and wouldn't do any more 
<laughs> right. It's the assets. No, the project died just because I hadn't got the resource to make the graphics for. Right. Well, it doesn't Sorry. apply now, does it, really? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's I've just... got a good, good team now. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's the end of the first half of the show, I think. Oh. I think we've dusted that off. I think we've covered most things that we need to. So, let's, uh, let's uh, go into part two, where we delve deep into Iridium. first question isn't really a question it's a request and the question mm-hmm. is please tell us what is iridium uh, it's a chemical element which is purely where i got it from because True. It's, used, it's used as a hardening agent or like spark plugs and things so it's like sounds similar to a great game very um, similar to a certain game begin with the letter u yes yeah and it's a element and used in all sorts of places so should, should be safe to use yeah, it's true. It's like After all, right. there's, there's iridium uh, communication satellites in orbit. All right, okay. It's used in so many places, the name is. <laughs> so, tell so us, yeah, I suppose. What I is the game? Because okay. originally it was actually going to be a totally different game. It okay. Was originally, it was a, originally it was more like a game called Starship Command off the BBC Micro. Right. Which was basically you were in the middle of the screen. So I can't quite hear you. 
Uh, basically, you, you were in the middle of the screen and everything rotated around you rather than you rotating it itself. Right. Which was going to be an update to a shooter mob I'd written on the Amiga years ago. Okay. But now I've got a PC and it's more powerful. I could actually rotate the whole screen rather than make my player turn. Okay. But that one, it got. I was doing that for, from probably beginning of 2016 to up to the end of 2016, which is where I changed Iridium to what it is now. And that one going really well. I got hierarchical ships that you could blow parts off. In fact, you could blow them in half, and the two halves would fly off, which is rather, rather nice. It's a feature I need to add back in. Iridium 2, maybe? Yeah. But that one, it was, you couldn't see far enough ahead because I'd done two versions of it previously. There was a, a, an Amiga version, which was an above you one, which was fine, because you didn't need to see as far ahead on that one, so it was just the way things were at the time. And then when I first started doing my graphics engine development, I'd done a above and behind view one, which worked really nicely. But then when I got back to doing it again, it's like, no, well, I'm going to go with 2D, because I've got a really good 2D artist, and work much better, being more accessible to everybody. But the problem with doing that game from above you was because I wanted ships that were so big, they'd literally start shooting at you from a distance away. And because you were looking down and up screen, you didn't have much screen space. So the first thing you were aware of was this massive barrage of bullets going on the screen, and you'd basically die before you saw the ships. It was like, yeah, you just couldn't see far enough ahead, which kind of ruined it. So that one's going to be come back to again at some point with uh, above you with above and behind view again. So once we'd decided, well, I decided that it, it was it was good, but didn't wasn't quite good enough. Had the same control method. You could straight side to side and all turning around and everything, but it just didn't quite work. Especially the flipping over didn't work when you were looking up the screen. <laughs> it's more horrible. Sort of puke-inducing moments, that one did. So at the end of 2016, I... Well, it swapped it over to being a, a side-on, sideways scrolling game, which fitted much better because the screen's wide as it's naturally horizontal works better than vertical for shooting lots anyway, because you can see further ahead of yourself. Particularly yeah. with 16 by 9 screens, they're really kind of... Unless... Direction. Unless they're on the Switch and they use the flip grip. Are you aware of this device? Uh, no, I don't think I've seen that one. So what this does is it rotates the whole screen... 90 degrees, and you have the oh, yeah. Joy-Cons either side of it, and then all of a sudden it goes from a landscape to a portrait screen, and all of oh, those, okay. yeah, and it turns all of the, like, Galaxian and all that stuff, it, you can just rotate the games, the ones that support it, there's a lot of them, and you can just actually play them as they originally intended. That's much better. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, no, all it is is a piece of plastic. Oh, no, that's all it is. <laughs> So maybe, I don't know how it's some wizardry, but they just it works somehow. Oh, I have to look that up. It's that amazing, and it's, you have to import it from the US, but it's only about twelve dollars, so it's not much. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, but yeah, I'll send you a link after the show. Anyway, so you've it's basically what we describe as a top-down, left-right horizontal shooter, with yes. generally constantly moving from left to right. Almost. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few levels we have to double back on yourself, but in general, it's just left to right. Yeah, and it's a gently moving across, but you you can double back, and you, indeed you have to, because if you don't, well, you can't progress, because there's barriers and all sorts of things oh, yeah. appearing. And, but that's really, it's a, there's a lot going on on the screen, 
every, oh boy, yeah. it's a lot. And I've got it running on my 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 PC, which is a bit of a beast. I upgraded it about a month ago, and uh, yeah. it it runs. You know, I mean, I had it running on one four four hertz, uh, and oh, yeah. uh, refreshed. It's just beautiful. It's just flying. Everything's really? just it's just fluid. It just makes it a much more pleasurable experience when you oh, yeah. when you've got it running at that kind of um, frame rate and it's just beautiful and oh, yeah. uh, it's really good and it does nothing slowing down or stuttering at all uh, when you've got a machine like that they can do things like that it can just hurl things around and there's a lot of pyrotechnics going on it's wonderful um, <laughs> yeah. and for me the reason I know it's definitely a spiritual sort of influenced from Iridium which you know got to say it one of the things about Iridium that people don't know I know you do James but <laughs> The Iridium isn't just about the visuals. No. It really isn't. And I'm happy to say that Iridium um, understands this as well, is that it's the sound, not the music, which of which there's very little in Iridium. But yeah. one of the things that I always did when I encountered a new like level when I was playing it through, or I couldn't remember the level because there's a little bit of the dreadnought, I should say, was you yeah. just fire ahead. And when you do, you just listen. And if you hear it sort of smacking against something, you go, oh, I better, I better move out of the way. Yeah. Most people don't know about this. Like, what? It's like, yeah, just keep shooting. You just hear there's a change in tone. And it's actually hitting something. Oh. And when you tell people that, they just lose their minds. Like, wait, it's all, yeah, it's all you've got to do. Just shoot very, ahead. Very subtle. It's very subtle. But once you, once you know it, and that's how extraordinary the sound chip for the C64 was. I know we, we we bashed it for its terrible basic, and yes, it is profoundly bad. Any basic that forces you to change <laughs> change memory addresses to change the colour of the screen isn't basic. No. <laughs> it really isn't. Um, so, um, and uh, there's a lot of that going on with Iridium. And I just want to ask you, Something that strikes me as something that um, you've definitely uh, used, and it's not often you know, I encounter this in horizontal shooters, okay? Um, yeah. The height of obstacles. Oh, yeah. And it's really important, really, really important in Iridium. If you don't know, you can't fly everywhere. And no. that, a, that goes against a lot of this. It's a bit like scramble. You know, you can't go everywhere. Okay, and scrambles and holding, uh, but uh, yeah, um, I'm still not. I get I'm, over the years. I've got much better at it recently. Don't ask how, but it's, mm. somehow I've, I've figured it out. It's lovely, but the height of obstacles is really important. Iridium. Yeah. How have you found describing this and alerting this to to players when you've been designing the game? Because I think you've done something quite subtle. I want you to talk about that, please. Yeah, well, originally it was just a case of you had to learn the level, which was a nightmare because everybody kept just crashing and everything. And then it was a case of make the bullets explode when they hit the wall. So if you can see you can't shoot there, then you can't fly there. But but then I had this idea of making a uh, proximity effect, which turned out to add quite a nice and pretty effect in the end, which was basically there's a red glow that appears around walls that are collidable. So That's as you it. approach them, they they start glowing to warn you that you shouldn't be going there. <laughs> it's brilliant. I just want. It's just a wonderful. I knew it was organic. I knew it was evolved like 
yeah, most people think they can fly everywhere on a horizontal yeah. shooter, right? Because you know we can blame Gradius for that, or <laughs> or, or maybe mm, Ikaruga. Maybe we can blame a lot of you know games oh, yeah. on on the Neo Geo, which is a wonderful machine. Oh yeah, by it's the way. A great platform. Yeah, great and platform. and we also can like, or maybe even PC Engine again. Wonderful platform. Oh, another really, another good platform that didn't get enough enough praise, in my opinion. No, and I've got the mini console for that, and it's awesome. And I'm so happy yeah. I own it because I actually stream from it. It's my favourite one out of all the minis. I know this this mm. NES one is wonderful as well, but honestly, it's just there's some good games on that system. Anyway, point oh, yeah. is the point is, um, I just think it's wonderful that you. You've done this to develop the system where you can actually have this warning red flash saying, don't go here, this is bad. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. of having the amount of parallax layers, they kind of blend together almost. So yeah. I had to have them again because yeah. you get the lovely depth effects on there. I could have done two and a half D, 3D kind of affair, but it just wouldn't have had the same soul to it. It's like parallax just has that certain thing about it. Next question. Yep. There's a significant number of power-ups within Iridium. Oh, yeah. Have they been designed in such a way to allow the player to basically choose the, what, how they want, what they want from that based on their own play style? Have you sort of... Uh, or... There is some of that to it. Okay. For example... There's three main weapons which you can, in general, you can get them rather than being like on the second and f- yeah, rather than being like the third on the fifth, which would give you a, a two re- two like level range for each one of them. You can actually get them uh, in general a level before, so you can get like the plasma weapon on level two. But other than the main weapons, there's also about well, there's, there's three of the pod weapons on the side, and there's the orb weapons, which were from Gradius, I uh, and all the usual ones. So you do get a how your progression of upgrading your ship is very much down to what you want to do, because you get the basic weapons that you start with. But then when you get to the shop, you get the choice of buying like a rocket, a rocket pod or a laser pod or a di- more diagonal fire or yeah, just so many choices. You can change the way you play it, and certain ones work better than other ones. Depending on the level as well. So. <laughs> true, true enough. But it doesn't suffer from the plight of um, Xenon 2. Now, no. Xenon 2, as great as that game is, has a problem in that if you buy the wrong upgrade at the wrong time, you can't actually succeed in the level. You just can't. It's just not possible. Yeah. It was just bad game design. I thought it was, that's how you do things. Like, we well, got to do it again. Like, no. No, yeah. what, you shouldn't rely on the person on a certain upgrade in order to complete a level. That's very bad design. But they didn't really oh, yeah. understand it back then, and that's what they did. But Iridium does not suffer from that at all. No, it can be it can be slightly easier or harder depending on your play style. But, but you, can you can still do it. Everyone. You can still do yeah. it. As so, we said, the level, level six is absolutely nails. <laughs> 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 Speaking of nails. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I discovered, and I want to talk about because it's related to the power-ups, is, oh, birth, yeah. is burst fire. Oh, so, yeah. you know, the power of the wonderful thing, if you just go in, well, just hold the button. What? Just hold it down. Why? 
because you're going to charge up and then release, unleash hell. Um, <laughs> where did that come from? Where did this burst fire idea come from? Uh, it kind of came from the secondary fire, believe it or not, because the secondary fire being rockets, which originally had ammunition, so you'd have to keep buying the upgrade, otherwise you'd run out of them. And because of that, it's like, well, I, I just need something else, something to make a lot of damage, because you do this big salvo of rockets and blow stuff up, and then you were like really vulnerable for far too long again. So it just came from there, because... Originally, I had it as cheat mode to so I could actually test and get through levels. And I thought, well, I've actually paired that back a bit so it's actually not quite so extreme. And then it just kind of slotted in and fitted nicely. Yeah. So it was a, a just, oh, yeah, so it did really evolve, like you say, the design quite a lot overall. Uh, I had a lot of plans for things, but that one did kind of just slide in there as a oh, that works really well that does <laughs> it's just again another risk reward thing because why are you holding a button you're not shooting yeah you're vulnerable <laughs> but in a minute in a, in a few seconds you're not going to be very vulnerable at all in fact you're going to be the destroyer of all things <laughs> oh yeah unless but, particularly you... on the later levels when you've got six orbs that all fire the same for it just, just becomes a kaleidoscope <laughs> of just death but anyway oh yeah that's a great box quote for you. Um, <laughs> Pilotus Goat of Death. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was something that you sort of plucked, put, it, it found itself because it's just a wonderful mechanic. The amount of times I've gone into a, a cluster of enemies floating around, I've just gone up there and they think, oh, he's just, you know, that's it. bang! <laughs> and it just all destroyed and I get loads of coins and all sorts of stuff comes right mm. towards me. Um, but there's one, more, there's one more thing. It's a massive feature. Oh, yeah. uh, of of Iridium, which we can't ignore, and it definitely a, an homage to the original Iridium, uh, yeah. because Iridium was all about you taking down dreadnoughts. That's what you were oh, doing. Yeah. You were this tiny little ship. It's definitely inspired by Star Wars, which of course had an X-wing taking, de- you know, destroying um, uh, an entire Death Star with an exhaust port, which at the time yes. wasn't really didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> until, until of course they made Rogue One and it all made perfect sense. It was deliberately yeah. a design flaw, everyone, that they just did that to make to make to, to lay plans for a film forty years later. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I'm going with it and uh, I'm sticking by it. So um, this leads me to ask you the question. It's probably an obvious one, but the, the answer to it is why the massive. Massive enemies in 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 Iridium. It's just they're everywhere. I mean, <laughs> it goes against everything. Like, as normally, when you see a massive enemy, you touch it and you explode in in any oh, other. Yeah. But not not in Iridium. Why? No. Why, have, why have you gone this way with it? And please tell us uh, how they came about. I would. I just wanted to blow lots of things up. And my original <laughs> uh, vertical scrolling one, I'd got hierarchical ships, so you could blow parts of my up the walk. And I wanted to bring that over because that was one of the really nice features that I'd first come up with because you could blow things to pieces. And blowing stuff is always good fun, particularly when there's a landscape underneath and you can see it shrink down and crash and explode again on the floor. Uh, The flying over aspects, really, because if you think about all the like Star Wars again, they're they're flying over the Death Star. They're not crashing into it. And no. the shooting the gun turrets that are on it. So, yeah. so when, when, things, when things get too big, you can't 
if you just collide with them, there's not much fun involved because the that wind by just ramming you, <laughs> which of course little ships versus big ships isn't what's going to happen. <laughs> no. So it no. just seemed like the best way, didn't it? Because you could you take advantage of the weaknesses of the ships, exactly like I said with the Death Star type of thing. So you can basically take out the power sources on the ship and then the ship will just die and fall to the floor. Yeah, makes perfect sense. You know, these big sort of centipede-like things floating around mm. is the early part of the game. I know they turn oh, into yeah. some very exotic things later on, but I'm just trying <laughs> not to spoil anything. So one of the earliest ones you encounter... And it's quite alarming because you see a lot of players like, oh, God, it's taking up all the screen. Now we're going to get away from Hang on. Yeah. I could just fly over it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it, it goes against the rules. You know, the rules of, of schmucks. You've got to like, break the rules. <laughs> what, what do you. This is not the rules. Like, I know, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's still shooting at you. I know, but. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't. I know. Why has it got that shield on it? Like, we'll take out the generator and then the shield. Will go. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what happens? Take out the shield generator. They did it on Star Wars again, didn't they? Always yeah. make me laugh. They've got a steel shield generator sort of perched on top of this thing. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Blow this bit off. Blow, this, blow this big sphere up and then the whole ship's vulnerable. Like, good design. <laughs> I like that. Good Star Wars design. Thank you. Mm. Anyway, it's almost as if the Imperial Engineers were actually against the Empire. It's like, you know, guerrilla <laughs> tactics. But um, anyway, so that's, that was the last design question. And it's, it was a great yeah. answer. It was a great answer. So Iridium, uh, yeah. and it's developed by yourself, James Robertson, Kevin Sanders. Yeah. They're, they're the uh, James, James Roberts, not Robertson. Uh, Roberts. Did I say Robertson? I'm sorry. James Roberts. It's right. uh, <laughs> it gets uh, done quite a lot. Like <laughs> yeah, well, no one can spell my surname. They just, they, just no. they, they add other A's and stuff. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's one, there's one A in my surname. Anyway, so James Roberts and Kevin Saunders uh, and published by Nebula Design Games, is it? Yeah. Well, just Nebula Design uh, is Limited. Oh, which, which is a name I came up with on my Amiga <gasps> back in like 1991 or something. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Hey, so why that, why that, that was one? when I was doing a strategy game? <laughs> and it, it was any particular reason where it came from? It was just like it sounded cool. It just sounded nice. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. It was a bit different because well, most names have gone, and I bought the domain name for that one. Ooh, a long time ago, right. <laughs> way before I even came up with the company. Well, I mean, listen, now it would be name or noun and colour, wouldn't it? It would be something like, you know, yellow pig. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all you got. That's all that's left. Like, uh, that's taken, that's taken. What about yellow pig? No, seriously, not that one. <laughs> but we've got nothing. Please, no. I can't, I can't walk around with a business card with the words yellow and pig next to each other. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to have... <laughs> Half a million numbers and letters after, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, um, yes, Iridium. It's out now on Windows yeah. PC, that's right. Yeah, it's available on Steam and Itch.io at the minute. Nice. And um, on the uh, Switch, hopefully, in a month or so. Oh, there you go. But that's my follow up question. It's going to be on the Switch. It's going to work great on that machine. Yes, oh, that's wow. a, such a nice form factor for it to be on. Indeed, and I actually got the Hori sticks. Do you know those? So uh, no. They're basically like um, take a, an Xbox One controller, mm-hmm. snap it in half, 
then shove it on the side of the of the switch. Ah, okay. So it's like an upgraded version of the Joy-Con. Exactly. So the actually oh, feels like you know your hand sort of like wraps around it. Yeah, that so sounds like a good idea. It's very the Joy-Cons nice. are great, but they're not very comfortable. <laughs> no, and the only negative about those controllers is there's no vibration on them. There's no because that's all Nintendo stuff. They yeah. can't actually. It's all licensed to our. You know, the the patent is with Nintendo, and they they won't give it out to anyone. Not even no. approved uh, third party developers. Like, nope, nope, you <laughs> not touch this. Uh, but uh, that's the only negative about it. But otherwise, it's a, it, I highly recommend them. Uh, but yeah, uh, really looking forward to that. So Iridium will be out on the Switch very very soon. Uh, probably by the time this show goes out. So yeah, if it's been a month, oh, be recording. Nice. And uh, but uh, otherwise, it's on Windows PC. That's the platform I've been playing on. Um, yep. James, it's been wonderful having you on the show. No, it's been great to be on the show with you. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed recording this one, and uh, you're more than welcome to come back and chat about oh, whatever new game you've got um, hatching in your head. Oh, I've got lots of plans for games. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but until then, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you too. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, caneandrinse.com. <laughs>